Welcome to the Extra Point Podcast. I'm Todd Stiles, one of the pastors here at First Family Church. And the Extra Point Podcast is simply an opportunity for our pastors to bring additional insight, uh, some further observations to the text that we looked at on the previous Sunday. It's kind of an opportunity for uh, us, as, as I say, to bring some bonus material to our sheep and to our faith family. And on today's episode, I want to bring just two extra points uh, to your attention, and they involve Psalm 130. And the question that I asked on Sunday was, how do I find forgiveness? In fact, I contended that that is a universal pursuit. It's a question every single person at some point asks themselves. And let me give some further insight, some deeper reasoning onto why I believe that. You see, I also believe that everyone, every single person on the planet, has a built-in sense of right and wrong, an automatic uh, inner standard that there is a right and there is a wrong. It's called our conscience, uh, our compass. Some refer to it as the moral law or a universal law. Uh, and it can be affected, it can be uh, damaged, it can be seared, it can be strengthened. Uh, but initially, upon creation, everyone has this from their Creator, who is God. So I don't believe that anyone on the planet doesn't have at least some standard of what they consider to be right and wrong. And as a result, consequently, they also develop some system by which they deal with the wrongs, all right? And so this is logical and sequential. It's part of our, uh, our faith, our Christian way of thinking, our worldview, we'll call it. Now consider this. Even if someone were to say, well, there is no right or wrong, if you try to disagree with them on that, they'll say you're wrong, which is quite ironic, isn't it? Because they're bringing a standard into play into that conversation. And so they, too, have a standard. In fact, the most unlawful person has some sort of law they live by. And so I contend that because we have an automatic, built-in sense of right or wrong, it may not be the Bible's, it may not be yours, but there is this built-in standard of right or wrong, then as a result, everyone wonders how do they deal with the wrongs. Now, I'm not saying everyone deals with the wrongs the right way. I'm just making the the fundamental point that there is a universal sense of right and wrong, and thus a universal uh, question, how do I deal with the wrongs? In fact, let me just give you a very pertinent cultural and, quite frankly, sad illustration of this. Think about the death of George Floyd. It's fascinating to me that underneath all of the uh, varied responses, and let's admit there have been a a myriad of responses from the legal and logical uh, to the insanely illegal and the incredibly illogical. Across the board from people of all kinds of parties and platforms and groups and movements, they're all trying to find a way to deal with what they know fundamentally was wrong. And you see, on that point, and this may be hard to hear, but on that point, you find universal global agreement. When they look at that situation, the conscience, the compass, something inside of every person says there's something not right about what happened that day. Now, admittedly, people deal with it in different ways. But do you see the unifying fundamental commonality is that everyone knows there's something wrong with that, which proves my point. 
No one actually lives without some kind of standard of right and wrong, and thus, consequently, a system by which they find forgiveness for the wrongs. Nobody, not you, not me. And I think Romans 1 really points to this when it says that that every person at some point knows there is a God. You can use the word higher power. You can use the word ultimate being. Uh, We know that he has made himself known to us through his word and through his son Jesus. But at some point, the conscience, the compass, every person realizes there's someone I answer to, that I'm accountable to, a creator. And so when I've violated that, because I have violated him, what do I do about that? That's what I'm contending. And so there's a logical order here that because we have been created by God and we will answer to God, and because he's instilled in us a compass that has a, an automatic sense, a standard of right or wrong, and because we know that those wrongs then must be dealt with, uh, this is a very logical explanation for the way things are. It's called biblical Christianity. It's called a Christian worldview. Now, you may not agree with that. You may not accept that. But can I just offer a challenge here? I would challenge any listener to find a more logical explanation for the way things are, a more evidential explanation for the way things are, for this universal pursuit that comes from this universal condition. And so that's why I contended Sunday that every single person at some point, at some level, ask this question, how do I find forgiveness? And what our prayer should be as a church is that more and more people will find forgiveness in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, because Jesus is God's means of forgiveness. He came, he lived, he died, he gave his life as a ransom for many. And so I just want to encourage you, let us pray and work to that end, that when people wonder and question and and they sense their conscience at what, to whatever degree it may still exist in their life, uh, when, they, when, when it's pricking them to deal with the wrongs in their life, oh, may we be there and may the gospel be quick on our lips and evident in our life so that all people will hear the good news that Jesus is ready to forgive people. I also want to bring this extra point to you while we're talking about forgiveness. I mentioned to you Sunday that forgiveness is the Um, absorbing of pain. It's the releasing of a prisoner. It's the paying of a debt. And those things are all true. They're legitimate biblical uh, definitions or descriptions of the word. But I, there's one I didn't mention. And I think it, it's, it's a beautiful depiction because it actually is the opposite of what we see in Psalm 130, but they're both true. Watch this. In Psalm 130, we see that God does note our sin, doesn't he? He marks it He sees it. He's aware of it. And by the way, I think that's necessary because uh, this is why God sent his son to to be the propitiation or the satisfactory offering for our sin, because God was fully aware of it. But watch this. When God forgives through his son Jesus, when God forgives sinners, the Bible says in Psalm 103:12 that he then cast their sins as far as the east is from the west. This is reiterated in Hebrews 8:12 when it says that that God will remember their sins no more. So don't you love these polar opposites that are both true which show God to be so incredibly powerful and, and otherly than us. 
He does note and mark our sins in full, and yet upon forgiveness, he intentionally forgets them. Man, what a powerful God, and what a beautiful picture of forgiveness. With God, there is no burying of the hatchet, but a leaving of the handle, as we sometimes say. I mean, there's no repeating of the matter. God is fully aware of all of our sinfulness, and yet, upon forgiveness, God completely, intentionally casts it far away and does not hold it against us. He intentionally, purposefully forgets it. While I'm just uh, awed at God, which is the point of His forgiveness, according to Psalm 130, right? He forgives so that he can be feared. And I trust today in the remainder of this week, you and I will walk in the fear of the Lord, thankful and grateful for his divine and incredible forgiveness. Thanks for joining me today on the Extra Point Podcast. Look forward to talking with you next week as well. Have a great rest of your week.